Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. T-minus one day until Friday. Hello and welcome to it. <sighs> so much to get to. So little time. And I, and I want to mention something real quick here because... Um, for those of you who think that this entire push to end fossil fuel is um, uh, something that the country has to go through right now to, to get us to uh, renewables, and, and if you think this is all about the good-heartedness of the environmentally conscious of the left in the world and the left in the United States, uh, if you believe that, you're high. All right? Now, I, I've said this time and time again, and if you will just... Take a second and think outside of your world. I'm just talking to the left here, not you guys. You understand. But to the left in this country, you drive your little Prius. You have your little coexist spelled in religious symbols on the back bumper. You've got this uh, farms, not arms. You've got arms for hugging. You've got all these idiot bumper stickers on the back of your your Prius or your Leaf, the Nissan Leaf. What an incredible piece of crap that is. Uh, or your, or your uh, Tesla. You know, Tesla, it's only $70,000. Super. Oh, my God. Where do I put the groceries? Well, you're probably going to have to put them in a wagon behind the car. Uh, oh, and then also there's the uh, drywall. If you want to get drywall to your house, yeah, you, you know, probably going to have to call Home Depot and get them to drive it to your house in an electric truck that doesn't exist. That said, as much as you'd like to think uh, with, uh, uh, with a wave of a hand that suddenly all internal combustion engines can stop, let me just put it in perspective for you. In case you haven't got it the last couple of days, as you drive your crappy little Prius or whatever you drive. And actually, Priuses are pretty good cars, and I have no problem with hybrid. It's just that uh, electric vehicles are not there yet. And there's a reason why electric vehicles aren't there yet. Do you realize one of the first electric vehicles around the turn of the last century was electric? They, uh, they had electric vehicle technology. Jay Leno has one. And yet the uh, manufacturers of vehicles said, no, you know what? This internal combustion is going to be much more cost-effective. It's going to be much uh, longer-lasting. It'll perform in cold weather and hot weather and all of that stuff. And, and uh, fossil fuels are absolutely plentiful. But think about this. Do you have, personally, now maybe you do. Maybe you have an electric lawnmower. That's neat. It's so neat to just go and get your electric lawnmower. I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I have an electric rototiller. I have an electric leaf blower. Or I don't have an electric leaf blower. They're gas. All of my stuff is gas-powered, uh, with the exception of the plug-in hedge trimmer, I guess, that we have. But who the hell needs a gas hedge trimmer? It'd be like saying a, a gas eyebrow trimmer. You know, you really don't need But everything we have runs on gas. That's just the way it is. Your city buses uh, run on gas. Maybe they run on natural gas. It's still fossil fuel, all right? Uh, 99% or ni maybe 97% of the automobiles in this country run on fossil fuels. That's just the way it is. They're not going anywhere. We have to drive these as long as we can drive them until we can afford to get in an electric vehicle and until there is enough uh, rare earth minerals, there's enough manufacturing, there is enough this and that with regard to electric vehicles to actually replace the gas vehicles. So that's not possible. There are no electric dump trucks. There are no electric fishing boats. There are no electric cruise ships. There are uh, no electric battleships or uh, military ships. There are some nuclear-powered ships, but only the real big ones. The rest of them run on diesel fuel, in case you didn't know. You're going to get into an airplane, try and fly across the country? Good luck with that electric uh, airplane. Good luck with that solar-powered airplane. It doesn't freaking exist if you want your road paved uh your road paving equipment is not is going to be gas equipped every vehicle on the road that hauls anything that's worth its salt runs on gas every train runs on gas every 
tractor trailer runs on gas. So if you are saying, hey, man, I'm completely cool with 7 or $8 gas, then all of those vehicles have to be filled with that 7 or $8 gas, and that means all of those business owners are going to be suffering dramatically or go out of business, and all of the goods you have are going to go through the ceiling. So you can live in your little Whole Foods, driving your damn frickin' Prius, or getting on a city bus downtown in D.C., or getting on the metro, but it doesn't help farmers who are trying to plow fields right now and fill their, their uh, tractors with gas. Big four-wheel drive vehicles. They're, they're a truck. They're actually a tractor. Called, they call them four-wheel drives. They're the really big ones that have uh, uh, four wheels on the front, four wheels on the back. They're gigantic. It's called a four-wheel drive. And what they do is they use that to plow the fields and to plant the fields, and they use combines to uh, go and harvest the fields so you can get your tabbouleh in your uh, in your your Whole Foods down the street, and you can ride your new electric bike. Have you seen that? That's a great thing. We used to exercise. Remember that? We used to exercise in this country. Well, now for $2,500, you can just go and replace your bike with one of these new stupid electric bikes. So, uh, you know, you're sorry rear end. You can't haul yourself with a regular bike. You can just get an electric bike. So they got all these electric bikes now, generally starting about $2,000, $2,500, $3,000. You can just drive your little electric bike down there. Or better yet, get one of those electric scooters that are in cities all over the country and drive to the grocery store on your electric scooter. And good luck hauling those groceries back with you. What I'm trying to say is we are in no way, shape, or form at all, and most probably never will be, unless they maybe figure out nuclear fission, which is the opposite of nuclear fusion. We have some uh, nuclear power plants that are doing stuff that, that, that generate plenty of power, just not enough. As far as wind and solar, if you believe that wind and solar are the answer, you're an idiot. Because when you look at all the rare earth minerals, when you look at all the labor, when you look at all the maintenance on everything with regard to every single windmill, they are a net loss when they eventually fall apart and have to be buried in landfills because none of their parts are recyclable. So go ahead and keep dreaming that dream. Keep thinking that just because in your little your little microcosm where you live, when you get together and you and you go and you and you and you light your incense and you put your little to you know your your uh, what, what the hell I mean what is it uh, uh, patchouli on you you know before you go and get in your Prius or your leaf and you go to your Whole Foods and then you go to your coffee shop. And you talk with your friends and you just, you know, mentally masturbate about how, oh, you know, communism really is the best way to uh, govern the world. It's just not been done right, even though it left 100 million bodies last century. Live in your microcosm. Complete doing, complete, completely do that and realize that everything you own was hauled to you by someone else and all of the vehicles who brought the stuff to you were powered by fossil fuels. The internal combustion engine revolutionized the planet it is a gift from god you may hate the uh, the internal combustion engine but uh if you say for instance maybe you live in washington dc and you want to go see your friends in la you know just fly out for the weekend for la well uh, if it weren't for the uh, the internal combustion engine it would take you three months to cross the united states and half of your friends would die of dysentery on the way so let's just get off of fossil fuel. Right now, it's very nicely clean burning. We've got uh, clean burning coal, actually. It's working quite nicely. It does produce this thing called carbon dioxide. Guess what else produces carbon dioxide? You. Oh, 
There you go. Oh, my God. Global warming. Oh, wait, it's not warming? Okay, global cooling. No, we tried that in the 70s. It wasn't happening either. A climate change. Okay, I like that. Is it hot today? Yeah, it's going to be hot today. Global climate change. Really? Is it going to be cold today? Yeah, it's going to be cold today. Climate change. Is it going to be windy today? Climate change. Is it going to be uh, snowy today? Climate change. Is it going to rain today? Climate change. Nonsense, fault are all BS, and you're all suffering because a bunch of morons in Washington, D.C. want to wave a wand, and suddenly everything runs on uh, unicorn farts and fairy dust. It's not going to happen. Start living with reality, and if you don't live with reality, then get the hell out of the way of America. Get the hell out of the way of us who do the work. Get the hell out of the way who people who, who stay up night to deliver your goods and stock your goods in grocery stores so you can have your hummus and your tabbouleh. At, at Whole Foods. And by the way, all of your goods are more expensive. But to those in Washington, D.C., those who live in Ivory Towers, those who live in one of the, what, seven out of 20 of the richest counties in America surrounding Washington, D.C., you don't have to worry about it. It's just a little speed bump on your, rail, on your radar. Yet if you live in South Carolina where the median income in James Clyburn's district is $23,000 a year, $23,000 a year before taxes, do you know what a $94 fill-up on a car does to that family? It destroys them. I'm just done with the snowflakes. I'm done with the candy aisle kids throwing a tantrum when they don't get their way. And I think America is too. In fact, I know you are. I know you're done with it. And we're seeing a million ways to Sunday this playing out across the country. I will share some examples, including a gigantic victory for the GOP with regard to a Hispanic woman being elected in Texas in a district that hasn't gone Republican ever. I'd say since the Civil War, but you see, the Republican Party started in the Civil War by Republicans against slavery. It's a pretty big moment. Also, I got some January 6th news. The, uh, the hearings are back. January 6th hearings are back. Uh, by the way, there were 20 million people watching on all the networks on Thursday night, which you think is a big deal. But now there are like 10 or 15 different places you could watch it. And you divide that up with 20 million people. It's terrible. And that was probably at the beginning of the broadcast, not at the end of the broadcast where everybody had bugged out. Then Monday, there was uh, another hearing, a January 6th hearing, and it had 10 million people altogether. That's half as much. That's not good. And so they delayed it yesterday, and it's going to be back on today. And I predict with even smaller numbers because it's a bunch of crap. And I've got some tremendous news from John Sullivan, a tremendous, a, an awesome reporter who is a, a journalist with a capital J, journalist. And he has some inside information, official documents showing that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the powers that be in Washington, D.C. knew exactly what was coming on January the 6th, the previous December, and they decided to create an American version of the Reichstag, which I said, I don't know, the day after January the 6th. I think it was on the 7th of January that I said, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a Reichstag. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. Can you hold on? You will be up next. This, my friends, is a Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Here's 
to a record-setting president. Joe Biden setting record low approval ratings. What the Democrats have put our nation through, it is a sad day. It's the Rob Carson Show. This kind of an interesting headline yesterday. Atlanta Fed's GDP tracker falls to zero. <laughs> this, is, this, this is what happens when, you're, uh, when your Prius runs out of battery. It just kind of just stops. There you go. Uh, economic growth appears to have come to a standstill. A widely followed barometer of the economy showed Wednesday. The Atlanta Fed's GDP now estimate of economic growth based on the data published through today fell to zero from 0.9% a week ago. The figure was dragged down by a variety of economic data released over the past week, including retail sales and consumer prices. You, you know, in the whole gas thing you know, and the 44% increase in the price of a used car. This decline raises the possibility the economy may contract for a second consecutive quarter. One conventional definition of an economic recession. The economy contracted at a 1.5% annual rate in the first three months of the year. This on top of the Fed uh, jacking up interest rates three quarters of a percent yesterday. The highest rate since 1994, by the way. Federal Reserve uh, raised it 0.75%. Officials agree agreed with the biggest rate hike since 1994. Their two-day meeting, the move will increase a benchmark short-term rate, which affects many consumers and business loans, 1.5 to 1.75. Uh, it will drive up loan rates for homes, cars, credit cards, and other items, making it more expensive to borrow money. So you could be paying a whole lot more for your home mortgage. You don't think much about it because it only goes up $100, maybe $100 or whatever. But uh, say, for instance, look at a car. Uh, as the average new car costs, and I don't know who came up with this, $25,000. If, if, if the average costs $25,000. New uh, a rate increase from 11% means that in five years to pay off your car, consumers will have to pay an additional $6,120 for interest. Well, I would assume by if you're paying 11% for your car loan, you might be uh, kind of struggling with the credit. But anyway, uh, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage reaching uh, 5.65% last week, the highest level since 2008, Mortgage Bankers Association reported earlier on Wednesday. And uh, this all sounds like, this sounds a lot like a time that we went through uh, in our past. That would be the uh, Carter administration, gas prices, begging OPEC, and now interest rates hike to save us all. Welcome back to Jimmy Carter 2.0. 2.0. Welcome back. He's the same bad press, but his name is Joe. Well, the names have all changed since Jim was around. But the swamp that remains can't be turned around. Joe's killing off the nation. Killing off the nation. Hello to stagflation. Hello to stagflation. Yeah, we tease him a lot. Cause brain cells he ain't got. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here we go. Welcome back. It cost an arm to fill your car. And the leg. Welcome back. Your paycheck's the same and it don't go far. Joe pulled all the troops from Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Everything is screwed up. I guess that's his plan. That's his plan. He's an Obama puppet. Obama puppet. Go tell him to stop it. Tell him to stop it. The worst in history, that's why we chant FJB. Welcome back. 
Got the vaccination, you, you know, or, 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 or the mom and dad, or, 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 or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or when you're. No, no I, I, I really know. Here's the headline: uh, Democrats are super duper worried. This is the headline: Super duper worried about the uh, drag the president uh, Joe Biden will have on them in the 2020 midterm elections, according to journalist Jim Vandehei. I believe his father was an importer exporter. Oh, that's Vandalay. Never mind. During an interview with MSNBC, way too early. The show's called Way Too Early. <laughs> that's what she said. <clears throat> Van the High was asked uh, how worried Americans or Democrats are about Biden's dismal approval ratings. Van the High confirmed that all Democrats are extremely worried. Uh, the, the quote is, they're super duper worried, right? Said Van the High co-founder of Axios. I think he's an adult. I could be wrong. You don't want a president of your party sitting at 40% or slightly below 40%, he explained. You look at the numbers of independents you like. You have a swing voters often around 30%, sometimes lower. That's terrible. Like, there's no other way to cut it, and Democrats know it. This guy's a genius. Biden's approval rating remains about 15 points underwater, by the way. So, there you go. Let's go to uh, Ken in lovely Woodbury, Maryland. Hello there, Ken, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going hey, what's on, bud? Up? Hey, I've been Good. waiting to talk to you for a while, Mr. Rob. I love your show. You're a very, very intelligent man, and you don't have much we really appreciate listening to you. Thank you, buddy. All right, this is what I wanted to say. We can make gas prices go down overnight. I'll explain it to you how. It's very simple. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. You're going to collect five hours from every driver that drives in the United States. And then we're going to take that money, and I'm going to hire a convoy of tractor trailers. And you know what's going to be in the tractor trailers? What? Hogs and pigs. Okay. And you know what? Hogs and pigs, a tractor trailer load of hogs and pigs, will make a dump smell like a rose garden. Okay. So if I send about 10 tractor trailers down to D.C., loaded with hogs and pigs, yeah. And with about 90% humidity on a 90-degree day, I'll bet my soul within two weeks gas prices will go down like the Hindenburg. <laughs> well, I think you could actually just take the excrement and leave the pigs behind. Uh, but <laughs> well, uh, you, you know I'm telling you the truth. Uh, what, happened, yeah. what happened with the oil embargo? The tractor well, trailers gridlocked D.C. Within yeah. a week, diesel yeah. fuel went down like the Hindenburg. Yeah, you, you know, Ken, that? and, and yeah, I do remember, remember Ken, Ken, I remember that, but you know, remember the last uh, the last uh, convoy that they sent to D.C., they actually kept them from going downtown. The police kept them from going downtown. Uh, they they The media completely ignored them altogether, and and literally, it's kind of crazy that the, the preeminent place in America where Americans go to protest and let their voices be heard now is not allowing voices to be heard at all, Ken. Well, well, I'll tell you what, if the tampon shortage ain't a national emergency, <laughs> wait till the truck driver's saying we can't deliver your diabetes medicine. There you go, bro. Thanks for the phone call, Ken. I do appreciate it. Yeah. It's people you don't want to mess with. You don't want to mess with uh, tractor trailer drivers and menstruating women. Trust me, I speak from experience in a lot of different ways. Mike, you'll be up next. We've got more on this, and we'll get into uh, where did this whole war on fossil fuels start? Is it a surprise? If you think it's a surprise, you haven't been paying attention. This is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Stick around.
Hey guys, it's Rob Carson for new Raycon earbuds. You know what really stinks? Getting in the zone at the gym, putting in your last rep and your earbuds fall out of your ears. That's why Raycon's new fitness earbuds provide a maximum secure fit so you'll never experience that again. Fitness earbuds help you take the workout to the next level. That's why they're featured in Esquire Magazine's Gadgets of 2021. They were voted best earbud of the year. These earbuds deliver maximum comfort, stability, and the most secure fit on the market. The unique earbud build, interchangeable gel tips, and Raycon's new ear stabilizer attachments create three layers of earbud personalization for the perfect in-ear fit. They offer unbeatable battery life, nine hours of playtime, 52 hours of total battery life, nearly double the battery life of other brands on the market. And you get the top-of-the-line earbud functionality and high-quality sound at half the price of premium audio brands. Right now, you can get Raycon's fitness earbuds for $20 off at buyraycon.com slash Newsmax. And to make this deal even sweeter, my viewers and listeners get an extra 15% off with my code Newsmax. This is a limited time offer, so get it now before it's gone. That's raycon.com slash Newsmax. Have a good workout. Proud to serve as the iceberg to the SS Titanic every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, the SS Titanic is taking on water, kids. It's taking on water in a very big way. And uh, I believe that the bow is well underwater. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of how much damage can be done. How much manage, uh, damage can be done before uh, this man is no longer in office. And uh, hopefully that will end before 2024, after uh, Republicans take over both houses, some saying uh, could be uh, gigantically historic. And, and yeah, I think so too, by the way, because um, they're really screwing things up. And, and in the process of screwing things up and trying things that the left has tried and thought about and mentally, uh, you know, uh, masturbated about it in uh, uh, in faculty lounges for the last 50 years. Uh, it's all coming to uh, uh, fruition, and it is all doing a face plant. And the, uh, the Democrat Party and the left in this country, uh, they are watching it die, and like movie vampires, they're dying in a very gigantic way. Of course, I'm speaking figuratively, clawing and grabbing at anything they can to drag it with them into the pits of hell. I think it's a good analogy. I really do. I think it's a good analogy. Uh, let's go to Mike in Salisbury, Maryland. Hello there, Mike, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob. How you doing? Glorious, man. What's up? You're sounding good today. Um, Thank you. I just want to take a little different tack on the uh, all the people that are complaining about oil and, you know, we've got to get rid of it now and we've got to stop using it. Yeah. You know, the, the fuels are not the only thing we get from oil. If you... Yeah. If you look on the internet, just just type in the products made with oil. Yes. That's all you got to do. And you'll right be shown now. that everything that's plastic yep. in our country comes from oil. Everything that's vinyl that is, comes from oil. These people willing to do without that? Hold on, let me look at this. The products made with Petroleum. There we go. Petroleum. Uh, for instance, I want to just say just real quick to the uh, to all of the uh, people in Hollywood who are listening. Breast implants. You can't get them. 
You can't get uh, yeah. uh, Nancy Pelosi. I don't think you can get plastic surgery, right? I, that's that's pretty big. I mean, she gets news of that. My <laughs> Lord in heaven, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Your cell phone, asphalt. Uh, let's see here, uh, jet fuel, yeah. heating oil, lubricants. Hello, uh, I'm talking to you, people. Uh, you know, uh, wherever uh, lubricants. <clears throat> The kind to keep your car going, I hope. Uh, waxes, waxes and lubricants. I hear they go together. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Lip balm. Lip, lip balm. My God in heaven. Uh, tool racks, mops, garters, gar- uh, guitar strings are made from oil. I didn't know. Antifreeze, clothes, combs, enamel, and anesthetics, dentures. D- Nancy, did you hear that? D- cold cream, fan belts, all of these cassettes, 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 motorcycle helmets, bicycle tires, all made from petroleum. Isn't that great? Yeah. Thanks for the uh, the heads up there, Mike. It kind of puts things in perspective, don't it? Yeah, it does. And you remember back in the 70s when all the grocery stores were using brown paper bags and the, and the environmentalists back then said, oh, we got to stop doing that because we're going to yeah. run out of trees. Of course, yeah, yeah. So it's trees. now, you know, they turned to plastic bags and, and look at where we are now. Yeah, you're choking <laughs> dolphins with uh, the bags, I guess, is what they yeah. do. They choke. You know, you know what they but, uh, you know what they call those bags? You know what they call those bags in uh, in places like Arkansas? They call them uh, Arkansas tumbleweeds because they come from Walmart. They call them Arkansas tumbleweeds down there. Yes. What they, yeah. Thanks for the call, man. You know, it's funny because whenever I go to the grocery store, I, I gave up using those stupid uh, cloth bags because by the time you use them a million times, they're in the back of your car and they're filthy and all that. And and then I realized you take a uh, one of these plastic bags, you crumble it up really tiny, tiny. You can literally make it into the size of, in the in the palm of your hand. And then when they melt it down, I mean, it's like it doesn't even exist. It's a, it's very little material in those bags. But you know, you want to re- and I recycle them. I got a whole thing of bags from Walmart that I'll take to Walmart later. And, and whenever they you know bag my groceries at Walmart or I help them, I generally I say put a lot of stuff in the bags because I'm only going to be walking from my car to the door, and I can only walk my dog so many times. That's the only thing those bags are good for, is uh, walking your dog. You reach, you put the, the bag, your hand into the bag, then you reach down and you grab the dog stuff, and then you peel the bag off of your hand with the dog stuff in it. That's what you use them for. And I just, uh, I've, I've shoveled a lot of, you know, excrement in my life growing up on a farm, and dog stuff, I get sick to my stomach every single time. Can't stand it. Like when I watch Joe Biden talk. Same reaction that I get. Here's Joe Biden in a debate with uh, with an equally old and decrepit, uh, but brains working slightly better, Bernie Sanders in uh, the last election. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is all the things that he promised and he's doing, and now he's telling, he's threatening oil companies, and he's going to use emergency authorities to make them uh, uh, perform more, to crank out more fossil fuels, even though Joe Biden has done his level best to kill that industry. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. And Okay, so uh, this is all disingenuous. This is all nonsense. This is like, uh, you know, beating someone half to death and then saying, get up, I love you, it's okay. Well, go ahead and uh, we'll just kind of resume where we were and no big deal at all. Nothing happened here. Here's, uh, here's some other Democrats, uh, the same thing, and some of this has happened since Joe Biden became the president. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. That is hilarious. Now, that actually happened before uh, uh, Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. She was laughing about it then. Our transition from the oil industry, yes. The rise in gas prices over the long term makes an even stronger case for 
doubling down our investment and our focus on clean energy options. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. We're working through an energy transition. Yeah, well, you see, we can't transition to an alternative unless the alternative is ready. And it's not. Do I have to tell you again? There is not a battery big enough to power a dump truck or a road grader. There might be, but it'd be so ungodly expensive, not effective as far as cost is concerned. And uh, needless to say, nobody has them. Nobody will anytime soon. It's not going to happen. That uh, said, here is Corinne Jean-Pierre. The new uh, White House spokesperson uh, talking about the uh, the war on oil. Uh, as we've talked about, there's war happening uh, right now in Ukraine that was caused by uh, caused by Russia, which is why we're seeing. No, that's absolutely wrong. Because you see, uh, after Joe Biden was inaugurated, he was the president for one year and about three months. Gas prices almost doubled in that time and uh, really started picking up steam after the Russia I- uh, invasion of Ukraine. Uh, but it had started long before, and Joe Biden never said a thing about it until uh, the last couple of months. Uh, the, these hikes in gas prices, uh, especially with, as, since since Russia has amassed, uh, started amassing uh, troops on the border, we saw a, we've seen a two dollar uh, increase of gas. Prices. Oh, now, now it's amassing troops on the border is when it started, even though they said nothing about that for a year. And all of the aforementioned restrictions on oil production that Joe Biden promised in the debate, that's the reason why the gas prices went up. And you know why I know that? A, it's fact, and B, I'm not stupid. So we know where to put the blame on the war, but... Look in the bloody mirror. Uh, oil companies, they have oil refineries, they have responsibility too. With- yeah, they have a responsibility. Uh, Joe Biden sent a letter to oil and companies on Wednesday threatening to use uh, emergency authorities of the federal government to make them increase oil output and lower gas prices. This is Venezuela under Hugo Chavez. Really, I mean, it is, it is, it's, it is. At a time of war, historically high refinery profit margins being passed directly onto American families are not acceptable. Companies must take immediate action to increase the supply of gasoline, diesel, and other refined products. Transition, dude. All you got to do is transition. I don't know where this is coming from. Here's a little bit more from Corinne Jean-Pierre. They have been doing is taking advantage of the war. And as, as I showed earlier, they have tripled uh, uh, tripled their... Uh, their. Pr- You're the only person talking about the war right now. After the United States Congress, both houses sent Ukraine another $50 billion. And Ukraine is getting their arses handed to them. Uh, this is the only mention of a war in the last couple of days. Weird. Their income. And so this is a problem. But what we're trying to do by putting out the letter, we are saying, hey, we need you to act. It is time to act. We want to have a conversation. We want to come to a solution. But we'd rather just tell you what to do, even though it's going to cost you billions of dollars, because we just said make it so. Uh, there is going to be a, a, a conversation later this this week, I believe, with the... Uh, After we force them... To uh, to make more oil, produce more oil, even though we know eventually, they, they know eventually they're going to get screwed by us. Energy department, uh, and so that's going to happen. So this is basically a, a bit of a, hey, we want we want you to act. It's Yeah, yeah just demand it. Just demand it. What did Hugo Chavez, he used to walk down the street and he would just point at a building and he would, uh, he would, uh, he would make it the government's. He would just say, well, I'm trying to remember what the word was. 
appropriate. He would go appropriate. He'd walk down the street. I'm not kidding. Just Google it. Uh, uh, Hugo Chavez would walk down the street. This is what socialists and dictators do. They walk down the street and they go appropriate. And that means that building suddenly belongs to the government. I'm not, I wish I were kidding. I remember that. I remember a lot of things uh, that way. But that's what it was. And, and you know, you'll never, you will never hear patriotism from this, uh, from this regime. They never talk about patriotism. They never talk about love of country. Uh, but here she is saying that it is the patriotic duty of the oil companies to uh, lose their asses because of government mandates after the government has done their level best to make doing business impossible. The president's considering to compel them or a consequence if that does I, not I don't have anything right now to, to preview as to what would, come, what would come next. But what I will say is that we are, we are calling on them to do the right thing, to be patriots here. Unbelievable. A slap in the face. A slap in the face of, of someone you've, you've, uh, you've abused. You've abused them. And, and you walk up to me and say, you know what? You know, I, hey, man, that happened a long time ago, and I think we're ready to move on. So come on over here. I, I, won't, I won't hit you again. I, I won't do it. I promise. Yeah. Uh, and not to use the war uh, as an excuse or as a as a reason uh, to not put to not put out a production, not to not do the capacity that is needed out there. Uh-huh. Mm. Leaders in the oil industry, other stakeholders are responding to threats Joe Biden made in a letter to fossil fuel executives charging that corporations are putting profits over increasing fossil fuel production. This comes as the president plans a trip to Saudi Arabia to beg uh, OPEC for gas, which should, uh, which I believe that uh, Jimmy Carter did. One of the Biden critics in West Virginia, former uh, treasurer, I should say, Riley Moore, uh, who on Wednesday condemned Joe Biden for the attack, said, quote, the president lecturing the oil industry about high prices is the height of hypocrisy. If President Biden is looking for someone to uh, blame for high prices, he need only look in the mirror. From day one, the administration has waged uh, an open war on fossil fuels, and working-class Americans are now paying the price. No kidding. We have been sounding the alarm for over a year that this administration's command and control tactics to cut off coal, oil, and natural gas supplies, aided by the radical ESG, that's environmental, social, and governance ratings, globalists on Wall Street would hurt families across our country, and sadly, these warnings have become a reality. This only underscores the importance uh, for our states to take aggressive action to combat these misguided anti-American policies. And make no bones about it, uh, Joe Biden does not care if you are paying $6 or $7 or $10 a gallon. All he cares about is getting those prices down enough by November that he can make some inroads with regard to the coming hell from conservatives and Republicans in the election. There you go. There you go. And then here's, uh, oh yeah, Jennifer Grandholm, the uh, energy secretary. Uh, can, uh, CNN actually, John Berman, confronted Jennifer Grandholm over, threat, over the threatening letter that Joe Biden uh, wrote to the oil company executives to just demand, make it so, make it so, produce more, even though we've been punishing you and torturing you for months. Make it so. Here is John Berman and uh, Jennifer Grandholm, who is a demwit. dollars to shareholders. D-E-M. If they had even taken half of that, we're not against profit, Obviously, they've taken just half of that and reinvested it in supply. We would. What about the profits of I don't know Pfizer and Moderna? See hundreds more rigs. What? No problem with those record-setting profits. We would see hundreds of thousands more barrels of oil. We're asking them to be in this era where we're on a war mm-hmm. footing 
to in consider increasing supply, both do domestically want, and, do of want, course, internationally. Do you, five years from now, ten years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You okay, now, I'm going to finish this and have some thoughts on it. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. So Jennifer Granholm is the uh, energy secretary. She knows nothing about energy. It's very clear Joe Biden doesn't have any energy. And here is Jennifer Granholm being uh, asked by John Berman after Joe Biden sent a uh, threatening letter to oil companies to increase production, despite the fact that Joe Biden has done everything he can to kill the industry in the last year and a half. Barack Obama began this war on fossil fuels in 2007 as he was running. He made it very clear. If there's any doubt whatsoever about the left and fossil fuels, you need to do your research. Now, so uh, John Berman is saying, now listen, you've been waging war on fossil fuels and say buying electric cars and all this for the last year and a half. Now you want the oil companies to suddenly increase production. Um, what happens a few years down the road when we, you guys start waging war on fossil fuels again after the election? Of course, internationally. Do you, five years from now, ten years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You, Don't forget, you'll be transitioning in that time. You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or ten years? What we're saying is today we need that supply. Uh she just said today she's completely avoiding down the road i increased of course in five or ten years actually in, in the immediate we are also in the immediate there, of course five but immediately there you go pressing on the they call that circling back accelerator if you will to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petro dictators like putin or at the whim oh wait a minute i thought you were just calling the uh, oil companies petro dictators like i don't know three days ago the volatility of fossil fuels ultimately america will be most secure when we can rely upon our own clean domestic production yeah it's under our feet actually and we were energy independent before you took office of energy but that's the problem solar, for these companies wind, these companies are saying you know you're asking me to do more now invest more now when in fact Five or ten years from now, we don't think that demand... Or after November, we're going to bend you over and give you the business. And we'll be there, and the administration doesn't even necessarily want it to be there. Just one last question on Saudi Arabia. And that's fairly obvious. Maybe the president is going to Saudi Arabia, where we understand he... Oh, my God, that was almost like journalism. Almost. ...will be meeting with the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Is there any kind of promise beforehand that the Saudis will increase production? <laughs> no. No, there's no promise beforehand. Uh, no, no, there's not. No, and let me just no. say, John, I'm John, I mean, we're, we really want to see us move to clean energy, but we also need to see this increase right now. And we are right now, again, right now, right now, right now. November is coming up right now. Now, John Kerry, he's our climate czar. He's really good at a couple things. One of them is uh, lying about his military service, and the other is marrying billionaires. And God, I wish I would have known this about 24 years ago. Anyway, here is uh, John Kerry saying that uh, the solution, even though Joe Biden is saying the solution right now is drilling for more oil and natural gas. And that's the solution right now. But here he is saying that's not the solution right now or ever. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling. I loved his interaction with Uncle Fester on the Adams family. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. 
and we have to. But wait, the, the White House is saying we do right now, maybe not in five years. Prevent a false narrative from entering into this or. Everything they say is a false narrative. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. bad news for Nancy Pelosi. Revlon has filed bankruptcy. As supply ch- side woes prove the breaking point. So there you go. Revlon, which I do believe also Caitlyn Jenner uses. Uh, you know, uh, Here's the thing. Did you realize that some other things that come from petroleum products are uh, shampoos, conditioners, anti-aging creams. Hello, Nancy Pelosi. Body lotions. Dear God in heaven. Ugh, bar, I just puked up in my mouth a little. Mascaras, perfumes, lipsticks, lip balms, foundations, hair relaxers, conditioners, eyeshadows, nail polishes. All of those come from uh, petroleum, which, of course, uh, the Biden administration has... Uh, has uh, put on the radar, put on the uh, the strike list, the drone strike list. On the way, uh, we got a ton of stuff, including uh, January the 6th. Apparently, the folks in the White House do a whole lot about it. Ron DeSantis uh, enrages a bunch of people with something that's not offensive. And if you got one of those new fancy uh, Mo- Mustang Mach-E EV vehicles, uh, it might not be running for long. Half of them being recalled, all of that. And KT McFarland next hour. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show special guest this hour, KT McFarland, going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Trump's first sec- uh, deputy national security advisor. Uh, she's awesome. She's also written the book uh, Revolution, Trump, Washington, and We the People. Uh, she's a remarkable person, so we'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour. Also, I want to mention. Did you, have you had a chance to see the record with uh, Greta Van Susteren on Newsmax? She just started, I guess, mm, Tuesday. Tuesday, and uh, you can watch her at 6 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax TV. That's where my show is. My show's called Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, if you'd like some more information on her new show, just text the word Greta to 39747. Okay, G-R-E-T-A to 39747. And best of luck to Greta in her uh, new position. There are a lot of really cool changes happening at Newsmax, if you enjoy, uh, I don't know, news. It, it's, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, oh, and coming up, I got some uh, news on, uh, on CNN. The new president of CNN, apparently there are a whole bunch of people going to get fired. And, and they're getting rid of a slogan. They're getting rid of a phrase that now he's saying is a Democrat talking point. CNN. Getting rid of a phrase that he recognizes as a Democrat talking point. I'm not kidding. That's coming up. Jennifer Granholm is our energy secretary. And, uh, you know, you may be making 30 grand a year, maybe 50 grand a year, and, and uh, you know, barely scraping by. And now, the, you know, the average price to fill up your tank is uh, $94, although I heard it was down a penny today. So, party. Uh, Jennifer Granholm says all you got to do is go out and buy a $56,000 EV. If you filled up your EV by charging and you filled up your gas tank with gasoline and you have the same size tank, you would save $60. How the hell is the same size tank on electric, a battery versus a tank? Dollars per fill up by going electric rather than using gasoline. Yeah, and I'll have to say again, if you uh, take out a loan on your car, you, you get a new uh, EV and it's $56,000, which is the average. And, and if you want to use the EV, it's not going to cost you very much less because 
Used car prices have gone up 44%. But I know this because I had to sell cars for a living for about three years while doing my podcast. Uh, $1,200 loan to buy a car. A tw- a tw- uh, I'm sorry. A, a sixty uh, a fifty six thousand dollar loan. Well, let's make it sixty. Round it up to sixty, that, and that's actually closer to be sixty five because if you're looking at taxes and all that stuff. So let's just let's just say sixty thousand uh, dollars loan, sixty month payoff is about twelve hundred dollar payment a month. About twelve hundred dollars a payment a month if you're making thirty grand a year, or forty grand a year, or fifty grand a year, or maybe you and your sig together each make fifty grand a year. Uh, you, you, you individually and together you have a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, that's still not going to be enough to buy two EVs for $56,000. But, you know, she's an elitist. She is an elitist, and uh, she doesn't care. And um, that's the way Washington, D.C. is. These things don't matter to them because it doesn't uh, affect them in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really uh, affect them whatsoever, and that's why we uh, we created this. Actually, how high is gas prices, Mama? She said five bucks a gallon and rise. Down a penny today. How high is gas prices, Papa? He said six bucks a gallon and rise. What to do with that money? Wow. Joe Biden, he don't have our back. We can't drill and we can't frack. The economy is under attack. Six bucks a gallon and rising. I say frack them all. How high is oil prices, Mama? She said 125 and rising. 1975. How high is oil prices, Papa? He said 135 and rising. All the drilling Biden's killed. Better black we will not build. His own pockets, Joe is filled. Seven bucks a gallon and rising. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. How high's inflation, Mama? She said eight percent and rising. How high's inflation, Papa? He said nine percent and rising. Really, sixteen. Food prices going up every day. Double what you used to pay. Wish Joe Biden would go away. Ten percent and rising. Yeah, and uh, Chuck Schumer, of uh, course, is completely down with Joe Biden going over to Saudi Arabia. Is going to go to Saudi Arabia, going to beg for oil. It was a real problem when Trump was a president, though. President Trump can take action today to help alleviate the pain at the pump for Americans. It's time for this president to stand up to OPEC on behalf of the forgotten man and woman he promised to remember. Wow. I just, I just, a couple more notes on the uh, the gas prices and all that. Ford has instructed dealers to temporarily halt sales of its top-selling electric vehicle, the Mustang Mach-E, due to a potential safety defect that could leave the car immobile. It impacts 40,000 of the 100, no, 49,000 of the 100,000 Mustang Mach-E's that Ford has built in Mexico and will likely result in a recall on vehicles already sold. I have no problem with, uh, with uh, companies creating electric vehicles. I-, I think the logical thing to do, the smart thing to do, would to make uh, hybrid vehicles, and then down the road maybe consider the plug-in hybrid, all right? Uh, plug-in hybrid, what it does, it gives your vehicle enough power to get you maybe 40 miles, <clears throat> then the gas engine runs. And, and some of those vehicles are rated about 150 miles a gallon. Uh, electric vehicles or, or hybrid vehicles, you get, say, for instance, you could get a uh, Toyota Sienna. I'll just say Toyota Sienna. 35 miles a gallon. Regular Sienna, about a 22, maybe 18. 
So that's common sense. By just waving a, a, a wand and saying everything's got to be electric, that doesn't make any sense. So that's that. Uh, and then also uh, Barack Obama has decided to install massive 2,500-gallon propane tanks for his seaside home in Martha's Vineyard. Two sized at 1,000 gallons, another at 500 gallons. And uh, this is, of course, as his new uh, uh, Martha's Vineyard estate sits along the rising seashore. Well, the seashore isn't rising. The ocean is rising, right? No, no. So the three protein tanks will be above ground, and it costs uh, $75,000 to fill them. But, you know, he, uh, he, he probably, I don't know, didn't he manufacture something or build something like the rest of us to get really rich? Didn't he work his entire life to create a product and bring it to market like the rest of us did? Oh, no, he didn't. He's just a bureaucrat. Okay, never mind that. Never mind that. Okay. Now, this is pretty cool, and I'm really, uh, really happy for her um, because it is uh, historical. But um, Republicans flipped a Democrat-friendly Texas congressional seat with Myra Flores beating Don Sanchez. Flores will be the first Mexican board member of the House and the first Republican Latina from the state of Texas. Now, if you're a, a radical Democrat, you want to call her a Latinx, which uh, the people in the Latina committee, community think is a real insult because they're not afraid of masculinity or femininity. That's what the language is based on. It's a romance language. It's based on masculinity and f- femininity. Like in, in France, the, the table that I'm sitting at is, uh, is female. Hello there. La table or le, or le bureau is a desk. It's a, it's a male thing. So I'm sitting at a table, which is a, a girl, apparently. Hold on, let me look down. Appears to be a girl. Anyway, uh, back to the, the subject here. Anyway, this, uh, this uh, person wins the, uh, the race. And oddly enough, the media is not touting a first Mexican-born woman to be elected. There's no, because he's not a leftist, you see. She's not a leftist at all. She's a conservative, so the mainstream media is not saying a darn thing about this gigantic victory, but the word is getting out. Maybe witnessing a seismic shift among Hispanic voters in South Texas. The Mexican-born wife of a Border Patrol agent and daughter of migrant workers, Myra Flores, defeated Democrat Dan Sanchez by nearly eight points you see here. Now- and she's really, really against illegal immigration from the southern border. Weird! It was a special election, which means the seat is up again in November, but dig into the numbers of this race in this 34th... Listen to this. This is big. ...district, which is a Democratic stronghold for a long time. Biden carried that district by four points, but in Cameron County, the largest county in that district, Biden won that by 13 points, and yet she carried that too. Now, Flores had this to say last night. Watch. Okay, the audio is terrible from her there, but it's not from here. Here is uh, Myra Flores, who was uh, who beat and won a uh, a congressional district that has been dominated by Democrats for over a hundred years. Well, you know, I was blessed to come here to the United States legally when I was six years old, and I want that experience for all children. I don't want any child to have to go through such dangerous journey. So I'll never understand why the Democrat Party. Now the Democrats would say, but. Wait, wait, wait. You're a brown person, and you're supposed to believe that everything that the Democrat Party does is uh, perfect and correct, and that illegal immigration is something you should embrace because, you know, you're a brown person, according to the Democrats. You see, I'm a Republican. I don't care what color you are. I don't even notice. He continues to encourage, with their policies, illegal immigration, knowing what they're going to go through, and I want to focus on legal immigration. Wait, 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 wait. 
wait, wait. She was born in Mexico. How is this possible? Improve the, the process where they don't have to go through uh, that journey. And look, we don't have to hear it in TV about the border crisis. It's happening here right behind our, our backyard. So it's very real to us. Child trafficking is very real to us. And yeah, there is that child trafficking thing that never makes it out of the news. And, uh, children are innocent no matter where they're from, and it, they should be our priority. And here is uh, Myra Flores uh, talking about the Democrat and their straying way wicked left. Well, I feel like the Democrat Party has walked away from the Hispanic community. They've gone so far left, and they don't represent our values. People always ask me, Myra, how can you be a Republican whenever you were born in Mexico? And and that's that clearly shows because the Democrat Party and mainstream media and big social media has done their very best to paint uh, uh, Republicans as racist. You see that they know nothing about our culture. I was raised with strong conservative values. Huh. We're all about faith and family and hard work. That's, that, that's crazy. Who we are. So our values do really align with the Republican Party. Yep. But I do feel that, you know, for a long time prior to 2020, no one was really paying attention to the Hispanic community. Nope. And I'm grateful that finally the Republican Party is investing in the Hispanic community because we are the future. But the Democrat Party has completely abandoned us and taken us for granted. They feel entitled to our vote and they feel they don't really have to work for it. Yep, for years the Democrat Party has done what they do with all marginalized groups. They make all sorts of promises. Things will get better after the election. And then the morning after the election, they leave some money on the dresser and they get up and leave. And what we're showing now is that. Thank you. Yes, you do have to work to earn our vote, and that's why we won this special election, because we worked hard. We knocked thousands of doors, made thousands of phone calls. I have the most hardworking team, and that is the reason why we're also going to win that re-election yep. in November, because no one is going to outdo the work that we're doing. This is so important, and if you could see her ad, uh, it was wonderful. It featured family gathered around a table, enjoying one another's company. Uh, none of the nonsense that's going on with regard to popular culture. And it resonates because there's nothing wrong with family. There's nothing wrong with even a nuclear family. It, it, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, two gay people adopting a child and having a family. And having family values, which means raising your children the right way to be respectful, good citizens. And enjoying one another. It's really not a bad thing. It really isn't. And, and then, of course, uh, you know, you got George Soros attempting to buy a whole bunch of uh, Latino radio stations in uh, Florida. That is uh, hitting a roadblock because most of those stations uh, were founded and uh, uh, and run by people who escaped communism in Cuba. Uh, so there you go. Coming up, uh, what happened on January the 6th at the Capitol? John Solomon, a terrific reporter, uh, shares that uh, apparently a lot of the powers that be knew exactly what was going to happen and let it happen and who's been saying that i guess i have about a year and a half i've been saying it let's take a break you're listening to the rob carson show Those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hey, kids, let's watch Must Not See TV. Not see. Not see. Which is kind of how the uh, the uh, uh, Capitol Police acted on January the 6th. <laughs> okay, whatever. I was reaching there. Uh, Steve Bannon claims the January 6th committee canceled the hearing because their ratings stunk, stunk or stank. 
Well, and that's true. Uh, and he, he predicted that uh, uh, MAGA will govern for 100 years when they win 100 seats in November. Um, I, who knows? Who knows? I always uh, kind of worry about making long-term predictions like that because James Carville did it. He said that Democrats are going to be in charge for like 40 years or something. And then like right after his book came out, the Democrats got curb stumped. So, you know, you be a little careful about that. But uh, I do think a curb stomping is coming. And um, Steve Bannon had uh, John Solomon on. Now, John Solomon is a, a terrific reporter. He's got a t- wonderful website. It's called Just the News. And, uh, and he's got some insider information from official government documents that claim, or at least state, that uh, something could have been done about January the 6th, but it was ignored. So I'm going to let John Solomon talk here. And, and if you've listened to the show, you know that beginning on January the 7th, I thought that the, I thought that the uh, coverage of the January 6th protest was way over the top. I mean, way over the top. When you hear things like, this is the worst attack on American soil since the Civil War or since the War of 1812 and all this, and somehow they were able to open the Capitol two hours later, I don't see how that's possible. And then I see of the, the video that I've seen, I've never seen a statue getting pulled over, a piece of artwork uh, set fire. I never saw any burning in the building. They said originally, I think it's one report, $100 million worth of damage. Well, that's been pared down. They say a $1 million worth of damage. Really? Really? And why can't we see the 14,000 14, hours of footage inside the Capitol? Why? I want to see. Now, the footage I have seen is people who are staying between the velvet ropes in the rotunda. Seen some bad actors and some stupidity sitting behind Nancy Pelosi's desk carrying a podium through the, you know, whatever. That's just dumb. But, you know, I don't know if you knew this. When I lived in Washington, D.C., they, they took a billion dollars and they built a visitor center on the other side of the Capitol. And it's ungodly secure. You have to go through all sorts of security. You have to do the metal check and the whole thing, you know. And then you, then you go in. And yet on the other side of the Capitol, the most secure building in the world should be. People were, on January 6th, able to go up with a little hammer and just tick, 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 knock out a pane of glass in a little window, reach in and grab the knob. And I saw that. But then I also saw police and other authorities open the doors from the inside and let people walk right by the Capitol Police. Now, I'm just, I'm stating the obvious and what I've seen. Here is John Solomon talking about who knew and when they knew it. Yeah, listen, these are all documents that come from Capitol Police uh, officers and frontline people. So I've been spending a lot of time with them learning what really happened. And 20 years ago, I did the unraveling of 9-11 to show that the CIA and FBI actually had all the pieces of the plot. They just didn't put it together, didn't connect the dots. They only uh, actually had uh, some police officers, Capitol Police officers, testify, and they were only like-minded leftist sycophants. They let America down. Obviously, that attack was far greater in scope and consequence, 3,000 lives lost, but the same bureaucratic bungling, the same failures to communicate and protect the country occurred in January 6th. And that's the reason why the January 6th committee doesn't want a Republican minority on here. They don't want... It's kind of strange. If they want to get to the truth, you think they'd have somebody who, you know, maybe questioned what happened, wanted to know more, maybe Jim Jordan. This side of the story be told because it lands at Nancy Pelosi's door. Uh-huh. Here's a little bit more of John Solomon and all the evidence that uh, was present before the attack. On December 21st, 2020, more than two and a half weeks before the tragedy of January 6th, the Capitol Police Department received two 
specific detailed warnings. One of them was eight pages long. Huh. Came from the Homeland Security Department. The other what? came from the HHS, really? From Mayor Bowser. No, the DHS. office, The District of Columbia Mayor. I'm going to explain why that's significant in a second. And they said, listen, we are picking up lots of online chatter that people going to January 6th, bad guys going to January 6th, have ill intent. They're talking about storming the Capitol. Huh. They're talking about waging a bloody war. That's an actual quote from one of the in intercepts. Well, that is kind of strange because normally you'd uh, gird your forces to fend off such an attack. Uh, they're talking about uh, burning down the Supreme Court. They have maps of the tunnels and they want to trap members of Congress, including Nancy Pelosi, in the tunnels to confront them. They want to bring guns. They're talking about killing people. Be on the alert. This is trending. Fourteen leftist groups had infiltrated the uh, the January 6th riots, according to Newsweek. Towards a violent, violent uh, episode. And here is uh, John Solomon saying that everybody in D.C. who was somebody and could have prevented it knew it. Yeah, there's no doubt that the uh, House Administration Committee was misled. But let's remember something I reported just a couple of days ago. While this intelligence doesn't go to the House Administration, doesn't go to the frontline commanders, the riot squads, all the people that could have actually helped prevent something, yeah. it did go to the right-hand woman for Chuck Schumer the night of Dece uh, uh, January 5th. The night before, Chuck Schumer and his team got a warning that the Capitol Police didn't give its own people. All right, there you go. Uh, KT McFarland's coming up next. You don't want to leave your radio smart device. It is Rob Carson Show on a uh, Thursday TGI. Well, tomorrow is Friday, and uh, this is uh, T-minus one day until Friday. Special guest on the radio program. I've been an admirer of hers for years. She is uh, KT McFarland, Trump's first deputy national security advisor, former TV anchor, author of Revolution, Trump, Washington, and We the People. KT McFarland joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you today? I'm just great, Rob. Thank you so much. You too? Uh, I'm glorious. I'm uh, really looking forward to the return of the January 6th hearing. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> now, now, I had heard that Katie had heard Friday or, or Thursday, despite being on every network. And also there were 90 uh, parties, watch parties around the country with free ice cream. I'm not kidding. Uh, 20 million viewers. Monday, 10 million viewers. What do you expect <laughs> for today? Well, if they're giving free ice cream... Maybe you'll get 5,000 viewers, but I'm not sure even free ice cream will do it. But nobody yeah, well, cares. I mean, you yeah. know, whatever happened on January 6th, it's ancient history at this point. And people are far more concerned with the fact that every time they have to fill up the tank, it's double what it was a year ago. Every time they go to the grocery store, it's at least 75% more than it was a year ago. And and even if they're not going to the grocery store every day, and even if they're not filling up the tank every day, they're driving past the gas stations, all yeah. of which are saying 5 $6 a gallon of gas. Everybody is getting angry at least five times a day at the Democrats. So, of course, they want to change the time. No, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand this, KT. How, how, why, why would you say that the Democrats should leave January 6th behind like they have the 2020 election? I don't understand. <laughs> It's just selectively well, what they what decide they to leave. Focus on the things the American people care about right now, yeah. which is pocketbook. Well, well, beyond pocketbook, I mean, you look at uh, what's happening with regard to uh, uh, fuel prices 
all of the things that it impacts and what most people don't when they live in Washington, D.C. and they drive a Prius or they uh, get on the the, uh, the metro and go, is that everything they have exists because some sort of a vehicle that runs on fossil fuels got it there and a good deal of the products that they use, including cosmetics, cell phones, computers, tires, I can go on and on, all come from petroleum products. So they really are um, hobbling the economy. They really are... Uh, making everything more expensive. Um, and now the uh, Joe Biden is demanding that the oil, oil companies uh, increase production. And I'm trying to figure out what kind of sense that makes. With Why would an oil company go, you know what, you've been really smacking us around. Let's go ahead and just get you past the election so you can abuse us again. What are your thoughts about this demand, this letter to the oil companies from Joe Biden? Well, nobody's falling for it. You know, look, he, he's running out of excuses and people to yeah. blame. This is like the dog ate my homework. You know, it's Putin's fault. Oh, it's the oil company's fault. Oh, I don't know. Somebody's fault. It's never his fault. But in fact, it's his policies which have put us where we are. When Joe Biden came in, gasoline was, what, $2 a gallon? And it was a barrel of oil was something like, you know, $40, $50 a barrel. And we had a robust economy. But the first thing Biden did was he said, I'm declaring war on fossil fuels. We're going to shut down the American fossil fuel industry. And to your point, not sort of thinking through what this meant. So by the United States getting out of the business, the price is simple supply and demand. The prices for oil and natural gas have gone through the roof, and it's all because of Biden. And he, when, when they were pressed, the Democrats say, well, you know, high prices, high gasoline is actually okay, because then everybody's going to buy a Tesla. And what they don't think is where does that electricity come from? It doesn't come from the wall, and it's not free. The way we make electricity is with fossil fuels. And a Washington, D.C., that is so unresponsive to the American people. Why? They don't care about inflation, Rob. They get cost-of-living increases in their salaries. They don't feel the bite of inflation. They don't worry about gasoline being what it is because, well, they drive Teslas, and they go on public, heavily subsidized public transportation. They don't care about the food, um, the grocery store food being so inflated in price. Why? Because they're eating lunch at a government-subsidized, you know, federal yes. cafeteria. Washington doesn't have the problems that they put on the rest of the country. And then the bottom line is no matter how bad the economy is, how many people are out of work, in Washington, you can't be fired if you're a government bureaucrat. Well, there is a, a pipeline between uh, office, public office, whether elected or otherwise, to uh, lobbying. Uh, of course, if you if you get in uh, the good graces of Washington, D.C., you can move there, spend the rest of your life telling us how to live ours, and you'll even get a book deal. And, and people will buy your book. Uh, actually, organizations will buy your book and then send them to a landfill because nobody else buys them. It's really, it's pretty amazing. Um, let me ask you about this, because you're an expert on foreign policy, and we just just uh, we just sent fifty billion dollars to Ukraine, uh, presumably well, the third most corrupt country in the world, where uh, where the world's despots and otherwise go to uh, launder money. Uh, we're sending them fifty billion dollars, and all of a sudden, it's not on the front page anymore. What what what's up with that? Why why did we invest all this money in the war effort, and now? It appears that either Russia's kicking UK to the curb, Ukraine to the curb, or uh, we're being played. What do you think? I think it's probably a lot of the above. I mean, in the end of the day, Russia's going to win. 
But what does win look like? Russia is going to grind Ukraine into the dust, and it'll be do what Putin will do to Ukraine, what he did to Chechnya 15 years ago, where he just depopulates the country because the war goes on and on and on. If Washington was serious about stopping the war in Ukraine, helping the U- Ukrainian people, we'd end the war on fossil fuels. Because right now, Vladimir Putin can fight forever because energy prices are high. What's Putin's main source of income? Exported oil and natural gas. Why are those prices high? Again, what I've said earlier, because the United States has a war on fossil fuels. If you wanted to stop the war in Ukraine, how about bankrupt Russia? Nope, nope, that's not what they want to do. Well, remember a couple of years ago when Donald Trump was the president, there was a fear that some oil producers might got out of business because it was so cheap to get it out of the ground that it really wasn't profitable. So, you know, it was, I guess, fine for American companies, but some, for some reason, were not willing to try to do the same thing to, to Putin's war machine. I mean, it's very clear this is all by design, and and the I don't believe that the Democrat Party and Joe Biden thinks that it's bad that uh, Vladimir Putin is getting so rich off of it. What do you think? I think they just, they're not even, you know, they're not that smart. I mean, the thing is, they don't really think through the consequences of their actions. I don't think they want Vladimir Putin to win. I mean, the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State, they've said, well, we want this war in Ukraine to go on for a really long time. Because we want to bleed Russia to death. But the way you bleed Russia is take away their ability to fight. How do you do that? You bankrupt him. I mean, I talked to President Trump a couple of weeks ago, and he was laughing, saying, you know, in the Trump administration, we had what you said. We had a hard time keeping the price of oil above $40 a barrel. We knew we had to keep it above $40 a barrel, or American energy companies were going to lose money. And what he also said was the whole point. Of, of energy. Energy is driving everything. Energy is driving inflation. Energy is driving the ability to, for Russia to make war. It's driving the ability for China to buy cheap Russian energy. You know, when, when oil prices are high, Russia does a couple of things. It rebuilds its military, it invades its neighbors, and it has proxy wars. When energy prices are low, where the Russians hunker down because they can't pay for anything. So, as Trump, President Trump said to me a couple of weeks ago, you know, you need three things to make war. Money, money, money. And what you prevent <laughs> Russia from having money, money, money is to have American energy production. Yeah. Uh, I want to mention also, you know, there's a, a, a looks like there's going to be a giant wave with regard to Republicans taking office. And the other night I saw uh, Democrats being asked, well, then who is uh, who are the Democrats considering uh, running? Say, for instance, if Joe Biden is removed from office, it looks like there is some sort of an effort to maybe get rid of Kamala Harris. That's a rumor that I've heard. And then and then they're asked, well, who's going to uh, take over? And I'm never hearing people like Joe Manchin or Tulsi Gabbard. It's always people incredible. It's always AOC. It's all of this. So they're not understanding why they're going to get curb stomped. And, and they're not looking to people who could actually maybe change the, uh, the fortunes of the Democrat Party. What do you think about that? I think you're absolutely right. And these guys are going to have a real rude awakening. And again, they're not that smart. They're not thinking through the consequences of their action. They are going to get a shellacking at the polls in November. And then again in 2024, which will be even more significant than what happened in the late 1970s and early 1980s when President Reagan won. Um, When I came into office in the Reagan administration, Jimmy Carter and that left wing of the Democrat Party, who, again, they were talking about getting off of fossil fuels. 
as a result of their incompetence, nobody's heard a peep out of those Democrats and those ideas for at least a generation. Even when a Democrat won the White House, it was Bill Clinton who had to act like a Republican to win. What do you think is going to happen uh, in November and uh, and after November? Because there's a million things that we need to look at. We need to look at uh, the election. We need to look at January the sixth uh, and, and and the treatment of our the prisoners. We need to look at the economy. We look at need to look at oil production and energy independence again. What what do you suppose is going to happen with uh, the country uh, and the Republican Party after they uh, presumably regain control of both houses? Well, if they retain control of both houses, what they'll immediately do is launch a series of investigations. So the, the important thing to remember is if a Republican, whoever controls, has the most members in, in the Senate and Congress, the most number of, of representatives of their party, that person, quote, gets the gavel. And that party means they can then subpoena people, they can insist that your records are held, and they can launch investigations. Republicans will launch investigations on everything from Hunter Biden's laptop to what Dr. Fauci's connection was to the COVID virus and the Wuhan lab, and certainly we'll talk about and look into the whole fossil fuel, um, you know, scam. A lot of happens uh, with the, the green energy revolution, and as a result of that, the Democrats will be completely unable to do anything for two years until a responsible Republican comes into office after the 2024 election. I hope so. And I know that you and other members of the Trump administration were uh, had were set upon by the uh, the DOJ, the FBI for nonsense. Uh, in this case, we we have real uh, breaches of uh, of the law, I think, with regard to members of this administration. As someone who has gone through uh, just, you know, a, a, an all out attempt without any uh, without any grounding, uh, a destruction of your life by the government for being part of an administration. How do you look at uh, what's coming in uh, post-election uh, post this year with regard to, you know, going after people who really, really have done something illegal? Well, the, what they don't, what nobody understands is when the, when the FBI comes up and comes after you, and, and the Russia hoax, for example, and I was caught up in that, what no one understands is that you have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. in legal fees to, to represent yourself, especially if you haven't committed a crime, yeah. to just to prove that you're innocent. They don't have to prove you're guilty. You just have to prove that you're innocent. And as a result of that, you pay for all that yourself. Yeah. So what the Democrats realize and what the Justice Department realizes is they can go after Trump and Trump's people and conservatives and Republicans, not because they've committed a crime, but because they can bankrupt you, because yeah. they can force you to, yeah. to spend your life savings to defend yourself against crimes that they know you didn't commit. I yeah. think that anybody who's, the shoe will be on the other foot in yep. a few months' time, and I think that's a very good thing. I hope so, too. It looks like they're doing the same thing to Peter Navarro. KT McFarland, thanks for joining me. I really, really appreciate your time today. Your website is awesome. It's ktmcfarland.com. Uh, and, uh, and also, you've got a terrific book, Revolution, Trump, Washington, and We the People. Uh, thanks for uh, joining me, and have a glorious weekend, okay? Same to you. All right. Take care. KT McFarland, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Say it loud and proud. 
Let's go, Brandon. It's the Rob Carson Show. I want to thank uh, KT McFarland for joining us on the show today. She's always uh, awesome. It's, um, it's just so fun. It's fun to do a show like this because I've had the chance to meet so many cool people and get to uh, get to know many newsmakers who I have followed for years. And uh, KT McFarland is one of them. By the way, I don't know if you heard this, uh, Ron DeSantis was asked about uh, Elon Musk endorsing him, or at least suggested an endorsement during a press conference. And Ron DeSantis uh, delivered a one-liner. He said, I am focused on 2022, but with Elon Musk, what I can say is I welcome support from African-Americans. What can I say? Now, uh, he is from Pretoria, South Africa. That's where Elon Musk is from. That's the line, which apparently has been used by people from South Africa forever. Uh, But, of course, the left is up in arms about it. Uh, Let's ask our good friend Barbara in Baltimore, who just happens to be one of the aforementioned. Uh, Barbara in Baltimore, how are you? Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up today? Oh, my God. I thought, you know, uh, that was such a fantastic statement. (laughs) Wasn't it? When, uh, let me get you off the speakerphone. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. When Ron DeSantis said he welcomed support from African-Americans, because Elon Musk is. Yes. An African-American. And it was fun. And all these people, you know, see, I identify as black. I'm black. Yes. There you go. Yeah, I'm not African-American because I have, I mean, whatever uh, descendants and all that from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a black person. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was great. I yeah. met KT McFarland. Oh, really? Yes, met and talked with her at an event for, you remember a candidate in 2008, Carly Fiorino? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And that's where I met her. And I thought she was just fabulous. So having her on your show was just great. I think so. But I just wanted to bring you some of the news that's happening from the streets today. Now, let me this real quick. Barbara is in Baltimore. Barbara is a warrior. Barbara is a a very politically active person. And she's getting people signed up to vote. She is a conservative, a Trump supporter. Give us what's what's happening on the streets in Baltimore. Well, today we're going to be sign-waving pain at the pump. Yes. At, yes, we're going to be uh, today. It's going to be at from four thirty to six at uh, Pulaski Highway and Rossville. We're going to be it. there. There's going to be candidates there, and anyone. We're going to have extra signs if people want to pick up signs. <laughs> there are places that you can just kind of park, and we'll be able to give you signs to put in your yard so that you can show your support for your candidates who are running to change this state. Now, Barbara, Barbara, Maryland's an expensive place to live in anyway. Oh, my gosh. And I, if you've been listening, you heard I drove through Mississippi and Alabama and Arkansas and Missouri to my Florida vacation, and I saw poverty like most people never see in, in mm-hmm. rural areas. You mm-hmm. see it in Baltimore. These gas prices are killing people. Yes. Yes, they are. It's ridiculous. And, you know, the thing about it is with liberals, they're just like, oh, well, there's nothing. We're doing all we can. No, they're not doing all we can. No. they can, and they think we're no. stupid. Like you said, we have not caught the stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't caught the stupid. But there's a lot of other things that are going on. If I could just say really quickly. Real quick, go. On, Jan- on uh, June 22nd, uh, the Patriot Club, if you're not a patriot, if you're not an American patriot, uh, you might not uh, be interested in this. But the Patriot Club is expanding into Dundalk, and it's going Maryland. to be at Squire's Restaurant. Right. Be there 6 o'clock <laughs> for that. 
And um, Saturday, we're going to be sign waving at Seminary and York Road. So right. you'll be able to, we're going to be talking to you. If you want to stop, you can pull in and get, get signed for your candidates to put in your office. All right, Barbara, listen, I, I've, I've got I to should run. Lose and... about 20 pounds. I should lose 20 pounds between now and uh, Election Day. Well, you know what? Then your Trump monster truck shirt won't fit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Barbara, God bless you, and have a glorious weekend. We'll catch up again soon. And looking forward to the day that I see you again in Baltimore on the tour. Appreciate it. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. you that a uh, the podcast of the radio program is called the rob carson show now the show is called the rob carson show the podcast is called the rob carson show and is available on all the digital platforms uh we're pushing a million uh, downloads a month and uh, hopefully you will help us to get to a million and beyond that as well just go to newsmaxtv.com look up podcasts will you then also check out the record with greta von susteren on newsmax tonight at six o'clock she's back she's on tv and she kicks a major booty uh, all you got to do is text the word Greta to 39747 for information. Coming up next hour, uh, lots of stuff, including Democrats proposing a $1,000 tax on assault weapons. Yeah, that's coming up the last hour. Don't go anywhere. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. The last hour of the Rob Carson Show right ahead. Chris Markowski, the host of the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast and radio program, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, everything. The Biden's uh, catastrophe with regard to uh, EVs and uh, fossil fuels and all of that stuff. How's, How's things going for you? How are things going for you? I was uh, in the 2009 Toyota, the one that has the uh, tie-wrapped bumper on the front of it that I drive. And uh, it's getting down to about an eighth of a tank and the light's coming on, so I have to go fill the car with gas today. Uh, Last, uh, I guess about two weeks ago, I filled it up. Unfortunately, because I work at home. So, uh, you know, if my wife says, did you go to the gym today? I'm like, no, honey, 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 honey. Are you nuts? I mean, gas is $5 a gallon. I'm going to stay at home. Okay, Tubby. Uh, but anyway, how are things going for you? It's pretty rough, right? I, I wish I could say that we're going to get better. But it's not. And, and I don't necessarily think it's because there are clueless people in, in mind. I think that there are ideologues uh, in charge. That's what the deal is. There are ideologues in charge, and this is their dream. What's happening to you and me right now is their dream. It is their absolute dream. They have waited for this moment. They wanted their European-style gas prices. They wanted them when Barack Obama was running for president uh, years ago, year, in 2007. And Barack Obama also had a problem with you, by the way, driving an SUV and eating too much. He did. In fact, we can't uh, drive our SUVs and you know, eat as much as we want. And Why the hell not? If you make enough money... Why in the hell not? Keep our homes on, you know, 72 degrees at all times. And uh, again, why the hell not? And then just expect 
that every other country is going to say, okay. I believe Jennifer, Jennifer Granholm yesterday said something like, uh, we shouldn't complain because uh, I think it was Brazil or Bolivia have $5 gas, too. That's what she said. Tone deaf. I mean, he's just tone deaf. But don't worry. Don't worry. The folks in Washington, D.C. are working very hard to make your lives a lot easier. They are busy, busy, busy at work uh, with just you in mind. Actually, no. Democrat uh, representatives Catherine Clark of Massachusetts and Hakeem Hakeem Jeffries of New York are advocating for single occupancy bathrooms on Capitol Hill in order to cater to the transgender and non-binary, non-binary individuals, as well as disabled people and others. Oh, yeah, fine, sure. Uh, They describe the matter as an important issue. As you fill your car for $94 in a letter to Democrat Representative Zoe Lofgren, the chair of the Committee on House Administration, we write today to urge the committee to support efforts to install single occupancy restrooms in the Capitol House of Representatives on Capitol Hill. Implementing the single-use restrooms will make a visible difference in the lives of transgender and gender nonconforming individuals, as well as other marginalized communities, including people with disabilities. They've already got handicapped restrooms in Capitol Hill. Other adults, older adults, older adults, again, handicapped, uh, and parents with small children. Uh, you know, again, again. As such, we uh, ask for further examination of this issue and for your facilitation in installing additional restroom facilities to better accommodate those who work or seek to work in the House of Representatives. This is important to them. This is the, this is the stuff that's important to them. And since they spent a billion dollars on a visitor center on the other side of the Capitol, you can imagine these are going to be some of the sweetest bathrooms you've ever seen in your life. There'll be like gold toilets and stuff in there. Unbelievable, unbelievable, and there are, there are other uh, stories that aren't so uh, very important. For instance, uh, and just and ridiculous. And and if you belong to a university where the current crop of students are uh, wrecking the place because they're little snowflakes and they're little uh, millennials or Gen Z types who are spoiled little candy aisle children and like to throw temper tantrums. For instance, all the ones at uh, Netflix who wanted uh, Dave Chappelle to be fired because, you know, he made a joke about a transgendered person or something in a Netflix special, you know. Uh, Well, it looks like uh, George Washington University is going to drop the Colonials nickname for its athletic uh, programs after uh, branding the term offensive despite uh, just 1% calling for uh, it to be scrapped. Yeah, the uh, D.C.-based private university dropping the Colonials moniker because it no longer serve its purpose as the uh, name uh, that uh, uh, unifies the school announced on uh, uh, yesterday. So 7,300 students, apparently they didn't really care either way. 40% said, eh, it's not a good thing. 43%, nah, go ahead and keep it. But uh, 1% of people who had a real problem with it were butthurt by it, uh, who are Karens, who are uh, left-leaning liberals in cul-de-sac America. They're the ones who decided that Colonials, Colonials was offensive. Um, uh, The uh, school uh, formed a committee to look into changing the name also of the Cloyd Heck Marvin Student Center, and they changed it because apparently this guy was a racist or something. And uh, 
oh, by the way, um, the school's teams compete with the Atlantic 10 Conference, and they compete against rivals such as the George Mason Patriots, the Washington, uh, Massachusetts Minutemen. Uh, that can be for a number of reasons. doesn't have to do with founding the con- country. You know, and there's medications for that. And uh, the LaSalle Explorers, which, again, could be a number of things. So, as well as uh, three schools with the same nickname, the Fordham, Virginia Commonwealth, and Rhode Island Rams, which, again, could be a personal problem. Whatever. Oh, this is kind of big news. This is big. Michigan's first gay attorney general says there should be a drag queen for every school. So, while you're thinking, hey, maybe an armed resource officer to uh, protect the children, uh, this person is saying, nah, nah, let's go ahead and put a drag queen in every school. It's just to be a, a D word for Richard, by the way. That's why she did it. Uh, Michigan attorney, uh, attorney general facing criticism. Uh, attorney general Dana Nessel made the comments during a civil rights summit in Lansing, Michigan on Wednesday. Nessel is the first openly gay person. I believe she's a lesbian is what they call it uh, in statewide office in Michigan. Drag queens make everything better. Drag queens are fun. This is what an adult said. Who's an attorney general? A drag queen for every school, she reportedly added. Uh, there you go. Matt DiPerno, the Republican candidate for attorney general, pummeled her for uh, the bizarre comments. Dana Nessel continues to sew just out of touch. Uh, she is with Michiganders, with Michiganders. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's nonsense. It's uh, falderall. It's BS. It's inflammatory. It's sexualizing of our children. Number of American youth who identify as transgender has almost doubled in recent years. New report conducted by UCLA Williams Institute on Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity Law and Public Policy relied on government health surveys and uh, concluded that 18% of all people who identify as transgender are between the ages of 13 and 17. And there are 1.6 million people between uh, age 13 and up in the U.S. who identify as transgender. And do you know why it is? Because it's popular. And because uh, people are looking, this generation, they don't have a war. They don't have uh, many of the issues. For instance, uh, you know, it's all, it's 1968 all over again in this country with regard to race relations because there is a generation of people who never had a civil rights movement, movement never had a, uh, never had a crisis, have lived uh, the, the highest uh, standard of living in the history of the world, and they need to create a crisis so they can be a victim. This is happening on campuses around the country. Everybody wants to be a victim. Elizabeth Warren. She's like .0000% Cherokee, and she put on her resume that she was a Native American. So it would benefit her victimhood status, her, her uh, marginalized community membership would get her onto the faculty. And she played it for everything it was worth. And right now, being trans, being pan, being whatever is fashionable. The problem is very few things that are fashionable result in you as a young boy having your penis cut off or you as a developing young woman going on puberty blockers, having your breasts removed, having a mastectomy and a, uh, a hysterectomy and uh, living your life um, as a uh, male, but you really are just bearing scars. It's kind of weird that way. Matt Walsh, pretty extraordinary guy. I enjoy his work. And uh, he has written a book called What is a Woman? One Man's Journey to Answer the Question of a Generation. And he did some pretty powerful interviews. And he recently sat across from Scott Nugent. This is a, uh, 
a person who is uh, now identifying as a man and went through transition surgery and whatnot a little bit later in life. Um, started off with the basics and uh, and uh, and then ultimately decided to become a, a, a woman. Um, her experience as a lesbian being uncomfortable started to fit together. At 42, she took the plunge, decided a medical transition to become a man was the right thing to do. How did that work for this person? This uh, Scott Nugent. Here is Scott Nugent talking about the transition. For the first time in history, a marginalized group has a huge dollar sign on the top of their head. We have five children's hospitals in the United States. Now, he just um, lifted up his arm, uh, rolled down the sleeve to show a massive scar the length of the interior of his forearm. Promoting that. That's a phalloplasty. That's a bottom surgery. Now, what that is, is they they take uh, the skin from the inside of your arm and they form it to look like a penis and they put it down there and they get it to uh, to uh, attach itself to you. And then uh, if you decide you want to be, you know, act like, you know, you have man parts, you just go. Maybe it's like one of those uh, computer cleaners. You know, or an air compressor, but that's what they do, and then uh, then suddenly you've got something that resembles uh, a male member. Five children's hospitals in the United States telling girls that they can be boys at seventy thousand dollars a pop. Oh, wait a second! Are you saying that transgenderism costs a lot of money, and people actually make a lot of money by doing the surgeries and the hormone treatments and stuff? in a surgery that has a 67% complication rate that will kill me from infection that I can't sue on. We're butchering a generation of children because nobody's willing to talk about anything. I have three kids at the age that they're doing this to kids. I'm not transphobic. I love my kids, and I love other people's kids, and you should too. This is wrong. Yeah. On so many levels. Yeah, I uh, agree. Uh, Whatisawoman.com is uh, the uh, website to check out Matt Walsh and this uh, unbelievable, this unbelievable story. Uh, and it's happening. And honestly, it is time for the adults to take charge before so many children can be butchered and wake up one day like that. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. Wait, that's a possibility? Yeah. I am genderqueer, transmask, and queer. What's transmask? Transmask is like people under the non-binary umbrella identifying like or presenting mask. 
Okay, this is like a uh, maybe 13, 14-year-old young girl being interviewed at a Pride event in Washington, D.C. And uh, and clearly, by being able to add some things to how you describe yourself, it's kind of like, remember the movie Office Space with Jennifer Aniston worked in the restaurant? It's kind of like the flair, you know, the flair on the suspenders that she had, you know, and each thing, you know, is, is a flair, something you want to show off. Masculine? Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm trans and... Uh, Un, my sexuality is unlabeled. Okay, she's a girl. All right, she's a girl. She's not trans. Uh, she just is a girl. Uh, and literally, she's a girl. She was born a girl. It's very obvious. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Yeah, and I use he, they pronouns. Tell us what you guys identify as. We're asking everyone here gay today. Gay Gay. Okay, there you go. There's just a gay guy. It's like, yeah, I'm just gay. There you go. It, it really is. It, it's, um, it's not cute or funny. New study by the Heritage Foundation has revealed a staggering evidence showing the access to purity blockers and other trans-affirming drugs cause a higher likelihood of youth suicide. By 2020, there are about 1.6 more, 1.6 more, more suicides per 100,000 people ages 12 to 23 in states that have a policy allowing minors to access health care without parental consent than in states without such a policy. So the suicide rate goes up in states where there's no parental consent for uh, transitional care when the kid decides to change genders. Now, I had a big discussion with my wife the other day about this. And, and I, um, first of all, I love my children more than my life. You do too. You love your children more than your life. And I think that all of us love kids and want kids to succeed and when we see something like or hear something like I just played this this kid been driven to the point of insanity by this nonsense it breaks your heart it breaks my heart that isn't healthy that isn't good and that kid is so mentally been driven to the point of delu- just delusion and I guess that's fine. Fox News actually did a, uh, a piece, and, and I, had, I had some trouble with it. I had some trouble with it. This is a, a piece about a, uh, a family. They're uh, you know white bread American family living in a cul-de-sac neighborhood, and, uh, and they decided to go and be cool with their two-year-old daughter saying that uh, she was a he. Only walking down the street, you wouldn't think anything different. 14-year-old Ryland Whittington is a typical Southern California teenager. And the Whittingtons, along with mom Hillary, dad Jeff, and sister Brinley. There's Hillary and Jeff. <laughs> this is so good. They're like the Brady Bunch. Are a typical family. The only difference, though, in Ryland's eyes, is what this family can mean to the tens of thousands of kids under 18 who identify as transgender. I identified as a firefighter for a while. And Brian Fox, when I was in fourth grade, the entire year, he identified as Fonzie. We put our story out there so people could... He really did. He wore the, the shirt, the jeans, and the, and the coat and said, hey, and he got beaten up a lot. See that like, there's another family out there that is going through what we're going through, or there's another family who's proud of who they are. Before Ryland could even speak, he managed to tell his parents that he is a boy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We'll start them purity blockers then. I could just see it. It wasn't him trying to be 
a brat, it was like painful. It was truly painful for him to have to wear feminine clothing and, and for us constantly. Well, they don't put a dress on him. My, my wife was a tomboy forever, but she didn't stop uh, start puberty blockers. And for that, I am grateful. Telling him that you're a girl. And unlike... And so are my children. Some trans kids... When Ryland came out at age five, a few years later... Came out at age five. Normally at age five, your genitals are for peeing. He had the full support of his parents. Initially, there was some pushback from us in yeah. trying to understand this. We were confused like most people are. We And like most people under the age of, I don't know, 10 are. We thought that gender and sexuality were the same thing. It took us a while to figure out that those two things are different and that... Children actually do recognize their gender identity very young. I'm still sticking by what I taught my kids. Uh, if you have a Nina, you're a girl. And if you have a PP, you're a boy. Some of them, not all. But they listen to Rylan and to Hillary's conservative faith. For me, it's just a deep spiritual belief that you believe in God and he, you know, created us the way he wanted us. Well, then, yes. He then did. why are you cutting the skin off your, your uh, daughter's arm and forming it into the shape of an inflatable penis? Created Rylan just the way he is. And they listened to families. They met in support groups. There was a father who was sitting across the table. He says, you have no idea how lucky you are to be here, which kind of took me back. I didn't at that point consider myself. You know, here's what, here's what you do. You let your kid, uh, if, if they really feel like they're the opposite sex, you, you, you let them uh, have at it. You go ahead and dress like you are and all that. But I'm going to tell you something. If you want puberty blockers or you want hormones or whatever, first of all, there's no such thing as a wrong puberty which uh, Rachel Levine has said, there's a wrong puberty. No, there isn't. Your body goes through puberty. There are some things in the womb that happen with regard to hormones. Sometimes you end up with both sets of genitals. I know, but, uh, you know, let's just leave the visual out of that. Anyway, uh, and, 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 but, but the thing is, you, when you're out of my house, I hate to use it, when you're 18, make the decision yourself. Make the decision yourself. I'd even consider maybe waiting till 20. Then you can make that decision, but you cannot make those kind of body and life-altering decisions when you are a child. Nonsense. Nonsense. On the way, Chris Markowski, the watchdog on Wall Street, to talk about what's happened to Joe Biden's economy. And Wall Street, oddly enough, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show, and in case you didn't notice, um, the one thing that the Biden administration could tout is some sort of bellwether for a healthy economy, and that would be uh, stock market gains during his tenure as president were essentially wiped off the face of the planet this week, and to nobody's surprise, Chris Markowski is the host of the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast and radio program, a political and financial strategist, Newsmax contributor, and a pretty funny guy, and uh, well, somebody who we occasionally have on the show. He's on the Newsmax hotline. Hello, Chris. How are you today, bud? I'm hanging in there. but yourself? Buddy, you know, that's exactly what I'm doing, and fortunately I'm able to hang a little bit better than, than a lot of Americans because of the damn price of fuel is a uh, soul-crushing and budget-crushing experience for them, and it looks like it's really, uh, you want to talk about trickle-down, I'm thinking that trickle-down really happens at the, at the gas pump more than anything. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I call it, this is a theory that I have. It's called the, uh, the Mike Tyson econo uh, economic theory, where... Remember when Mike Tyson used to fight those body blows that he used to hit people with all the time and break people's ribs and almost pick them up off the canvas? <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's basically what we've got. That's what, with oil prices, 
and food prices. People are feeling like they're getting punched in the gut on a regular basis. And what's extraordinary is that the people's overall feeling people have about the economy is worse right now than it was during 2008, 2009. And we had double-digit unemployment and people were getting thrown out of their houses and there was foreclosures everywhere. So that's what that, that constant punch in the gut means. And people are feeling it and they don't like it a bit. Now, would you say, and you know, I was a, a kid when Jimmy Carter was the president, and uh, I remember uh, interest rates, 18 20% on home mortgages. I know most kids don't uh, know that. Uh, but I also remember gas lines in his administration. Uh, is this what you're seeing, essentially the same, uh, the same policies being enacted by the government as during the Carter administration, or is it actually worse? Listen, I, I start seeing Joe Biden wearing cardigans. I'm, I'm, I'm turning in my passport. I'm done. I'm, I, I just... I'm not going to be able to take it anymore because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is um, it, there's a lot of similarities uh, to the, the 1970s. But, well, it's just in regards to just the, the stupidity of what is being put forward. You know, we had the Fed, Federal Reserve come out yesterday and in essence give forward guidance in regards to what they were doing. You know, if we as a nation gave forward guidance that, hey, you know what, we're going to be back to drill, baby, drill. We're going to open up pipelines. We're going to do all these things. Guess what? It would change the direction. It would change the entire dynamic. Yeah. Don't let everybody realize this. Russia is selling more oil today than they were prior to the Ukraine conflict. They're just yeah. selling it to China and India, and they're making a fortune. Um, we just we need to, to, to pick up our game here. We don't have any sort of uh, capacity when it comes to refining. We haven't built a new refinery in this country since the 1970s. Um, and it, 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 we make it impossible to do so. We add all sorts of regulations in regards to the cost of carbon. And it was $7 for a ton back when uh, Trump was president, and it's now uh, upwards of $50. So if you're a business out there and you have this type of environment, like many of these oil companies, what are they going to do? They're just going to return money to their shareholders. They're not going to invest in moose. Now, uh, generally, we've seen, I mean, some tremendous gains with regard to the stock market, which is good for many Americans who have their uh, uh, their retirements invested in the stock market. Uh, but it looks like to me, I guess, that the stock market, uh, or I should say the cost of production, the cost of everything going through the ceiling has finally impacted uh, something that normally you don't see dramatically changed by government policy like this. Um, well, I should, I should couch that. There are a lot of government policies that are going to screw with the stock market, but the, the no drill is finally catching up with the stock market. Well, no, well, without a doubt, unless, again, you know, smart to move into some of the energy companies uh, last year, knowing that this was going to happen, you're doing all right, because their shares are doing just fine. Um, but, yeah, well, it, it, it trickles into everything that we buy. Um, and it's adding to input costs for various different businesses. And actually, we'll talk about two major retailers, you know, Target and Walmart. Yeah. Um, they, they actually came out and said, you know, we can only raise prices so much. So they're going to start, it's going to start hurting their margins to some degree. Whereas they've raised prices, they can only go so far. So it starts squeezing profits here, there, and everywhere. I mean, let's be honest, you know, it, it, it's the lifeblood of the world. Uh, it, you know, energy makes the world go round. And uh, again, we're going in the opposite direction and we're feeling the brunt of that right now. We're talking to Chris Markowski, the host of the uh, Watchdog on Wall Street. I read this this morning. Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Fed's GDP tracker falls to zero. 
uh, estimate of economic growth based on uh, data published through uh, today fell to zero from 0.9% a week ago. Uh, there are a million ways, I guess, to look at the possibility of a recession happening, two quarters of negative growth. Are we there? Um, well, two quarters of negative growth is one of the yeah, okay. that so the, the requirements. Uh, you get these high priests of uh, high priests of recessions at this National Bureau of Economic Research at Cambridge. Uh, another one happens to be unemployment, and oh, unemployment yeah. is, is very very low. So I don't know. Even if we have two quarters of negative economic growth in a row, I don't know if they're going to call it as a recession. But the reality is, does it matter? I mean, no, does, does it, it really no. matter? I mean, we're like playing this game here in search of recession. Um, you know, we got we got things have got to get better. They they really do. But again, there are underlying fundamentals of our economy are just fine. But more often than not, if we could just get the government out of the way and allow people that go out there and build and create on a regular basis to do the things that uh, they normally do, we'll be just fine. I think it's kind of funny uh, that Joe Biden has just sent a penned a letter to the oil companies to scream at them and tell them to increase production. Uh, and then Jennifer Granholm was interviewed on CNN, and, and she only talked about them increasing the production now. And when she was pushed on it, what about 10 years from now? She is, she's noncommittal. How would you feel if somebody beat the snot out of you every day, then one day stopped hitting you and said, come here and give me a hug. I'll stop hitting you. And then uh, as soon as you do that, then they're going to get you. What sort of incentive? incentive is that to threaten the oil companies with increasing production knowing that they're going to do the same thing that they've been doing to the oil companies since joe biden was uh was uh, uh sworn in well not to mention you had, you had john Kerry yesterday at some conference saying we don't need to drill anymore we don't need yes. to, to uh, we don't need any more oil we don't need to be doing that here in this country meanwhile president of the united states uh is flying to saudi arabia to kiss some buttocks to try to get pennies to produce more. So, again, you try to get your arms around this and have it make any sense whatsoever, it, it, it's, it's absurd. Not to mention, the fact, it's not just oil. It's not just natural gas. This is extraordinary. China, China and India are going to be increasing their coal production by 700 million tons, increasing by 700 million tons. To put that in perspective, we only get out of the ground 600 million. That's how much coal they're getting out of the ground. I guess they don't want to have brownouts uh, over there in India and China. They want to make sure they have enough electricity. What does your gut tell you, Chris, um, as far as what's coming this summer before the election? I have a, a very sinking feeling that the left is seeing uh, its its agenda, the dream of the class of 1968, do a face plant uh, day after day after day. And so what I what I believe is they're going to throw everything at the wall to see if anything sticks. Uh, and and consequently, that's going to cause things to get much, much, much worse before November. What, what do you have to say about that? What, what can they, but the thing is, is what can they throw at this point in time? Um, I, you know, they were trying to figure out a way to, you know, forgive student loans, but they actually took a look at the poll numbers and saw that uh, Democrats and Republicans had ticked both people, you know, both sides off, you know, because a lot of people went to college and paid off the loans and did the right thing. So I don't know if that's going to fly. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, you know, they'll come to try to come to get Zelensky to come to some sort of resolution uh, with Putin and move forward from there, which you know might would, would definitely help when it comes to uh, commodity prices. But there's really there's really not much you're going to do. Build back better. Can no. you imagine what inflation would be right now if that thing passed? Oh, no. I, I, 
I, I can't, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm more, I think, I guess, more on a political fashion than you do. You're all about the money. Uh, I'm all about all of the other things, the, uh, the complete uh, uh, abandonment of the southern border and the consequent invasion coming from the south uh, that is putting a huge financial strain on uh, American pocketbooks. Uh, you've got that. You've got uh, going after the, the First Amendment, going after the Second Amendment. So I think about those things, all of those in concert with bad economic policy, I think is an attempt to tear down the country and and to uh, what I've been saying for many years fundamentally transform the country. Um, no, what I, would you- I, I agree that those, those are all important things. But when it comes to the election, you know, to, to quote uh, that guy who looks like a serpent from Louisiana, James Carville, it's the economy, stupid. And, <laughs> you know, that's the reality. I mean, people are getting punched in the gut on a regular basis. And that's what it is. You know, you're paying for gas, you're paying for food. That's what that's what's the first and foremost on everyone's mind. Well, and also, uh, I, I used this analogy started a few months ago. Our grocery stores are starting to look like Venezuela, and our uh, car lots are looking like Cuba. And I honestly, I know in my heart, I believe that this is an intentional thing. We heard Barack Obama in 2008 saying, you can't drive your SUV. You can't keep your thermostat at 72. We know that there are sycophants in the uh, left in the country who admire Cuba. They admire people getting one pound of rice and four pounds of beans every month. That's what you get while the ruling class lives high on the hog. And that's what I'm afraid of happening this summer, Chris. Um, Even even Tesla just announced that they're going to have to raise all of the the price of all their cars by $6,000. I was looking at some of the numbers. uh, To meet these left-wing agenda goals by 2030 when it comes to electric cars, all of the components that go into batteries, the rare earth minerals, everything from cobalt to copper uh, to lithium, all these things... Some of them have to be have to be increased in supply by two hundred percent, all the way up to fourteen hundred percent. Does anybody think that's that's feasible? That's possible at all? We're going to build that many mines and be able to get our hands on that that type of materials? There's no way. It's not happening. It's just not happening. All right. One final question. I'm going to go ahead since you are the financial expert. Financial advice here. Uh, what do you what do you recommend for people who are concerned about the country, where to keep their money if they've already got money in 401ks and all this stuff? What do you recommend for the next five months or so? Well, first of all, if you own fundamentally sound companies that build things, that create things, that pay dividends, that actually have positive cash flow, you're fine. Uh, stay the course. Do what you've been doing. You've, you've obviously been doing the right thing. You've got a competent financial advisor that's helping you out, despite the fact that your portfolio might be down 15, 20 percent at this point in time. These things do happen. Uh, if it's in a different situation and you were chasing all sorts of high flyers and these dollar and yeah. dream companies and the grow it all costs and the FOMO companies and you're down much, much more, you better make some changes. You better make them quick because you might be able to make back some of that money when the market comes back if you actually move into some high quality companies. Crypto. One more. One more. Th- oh, crypto. What do you think? Um, yeah, uh, I'd rather stick a hot <laughs> poker in my eye than, than <laughs> All right, bud. Hey, I appreciate you joining me today, uh, Chris. Make sure to check out WatchdogOnWallStreet.com. WatchdogOnWallStreet.com. You're also on uh, Twitter at Chris Marco as well. Chris, have a uh, great weekend, man. I really appreciate you being on the show today. You got it. You too. Have a good one. All right, all right. That's Chris uh, Chris uh, Markowski. And again, WatchdogOnWallStreet.com. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. 
Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out the Rob Carson Show podcast. We're doing the entire show now. Available on all digital platforms, including Spotify, Apple uh, uh, Podcasts, also uh, Odyssey, all of them, okay? Just go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com if you would like to uh, check it out. Newsmax TV, type in uh, keyword podcasts, podcasts. Now, I had mentioned that um, back when uh, the Canada had a, a convoy of tractor trailers, truckers went to the uh, capital of, of Canada and, uh, and uh, was summarily shot down, uh, disbanded, attacked by a very left-of-center uh, uh, premier and, uh, and the leftist media up there. We had the same thing that happened here in the United States. Same thing happened, essentially. This was the theme song that I used... Great song. Now, I mentioned the other day that 79 buses of migrants have been transported to Washington, D.C. under the uh, Republican states of Arizona and Texas. Uh, they have decided to go ahead and bus 2,000 or 2,500, I should say, people in a uh, convoy of buses to uh, Washington, D.C. But there is another convoy happening, and, and this is a different convoy. And for that, I have this theme song. Era como la brisa caminando. Spanish. I don't even speak Spanish, but I can translate it. Come on and join our convoy. Ain't nothing gonna get in our way. So Californians are uh, creating a convoy. The and I'm presumably these these uh, are probably left of center people. Because the left and Democrats in this country, when they destroy an area that they live in, they immediately pick up and they move to a state that has lower regulations and lower taxes and all that. Then they ruin that. They, they, they're trying to do that to Texas. Oh, Texas is going to go blue. Texas is going to go blue. You know, all that nonsense. Now, people go from New York because they made New York suck. And so they go to Tennessee and they go to Florida and they go to Texas. And people come from Tal California because the left has made California suck. It's turned Eden into, you know, Uganda, whatever the hell. Sorry if you're from Uganda. I just pulled that out of my... Although I, I hear Uganda is quite lovely. Never. Anyway... So uh, Californians are fleeing uh, rising prices in the state, relocating south of the border. Some have argued that the influx of Americans in cities south of the border has begun to price out some people who are from Mexico. Yeah. Apparently, Travis Grossi, content creator who moved to uh, Mexico in 2020, paid $1,600 a month for a one-bedroom apartment in Old Hollywood. While in Mexico, his rent is $850 a month for two bedrooms, three bathrooms, a shared pool, and 24-hour-a-day security. Holy hell, why are we living here? Anyway... Uh, monthly rent in Mexico can run as little as $400 uh, per month, while rents can uh, average about $1,500 north of the border in uh, San Diego. 
But here's the problem. You got all those Mexican people, and they're going, um, dude, what's uh, what's um, uh, Spanish for dude? Amigo, amigo, uh, you're driving up the rent down here and the cost of everything. Get your rear end back over across the uh, border and let us resume our invasion of, uh, of the United States. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but that's what's happening. People are leaving our country for four a third world country run by a guy who is essentially a communist and the country's run by drug lords. That's how things are going in the United States. Good to know, huh? Let's come back and wrap things up on this glorious Thursday. Right after this, it's the Rob Carson Show. Uh, that's about going to do it for the uh, the show today. I did want to mention that a group of Democrats led by Virginia Congressman Don Breyer. It's Breyer. I thought it was Breyer. It's not. It's Don Breyer. Uh, are backing a proposed $1,000 or 1,000% tax on assault weapons. Breyer pointed out, uh, pointed to the recent mass shooting in Buffalo as an excuse to do this. Um, I just want you to realize that uh, the Second Amendment is uh, guaranteed by the Constitution, and taxing uh, assault weapons like this or any firearm like this is the same thing essentially as a poll tax, which is another constitutional right. We're guaranteed the right to vote. But it doesn't surprise me it's coming from Democrats because Democrats are the ones who came up with the poll tax, you see. So uh, Congress must take action to stem the flood of weapons of war into American communities. Well, I hate to tell you this, Mr. Breyer. Um, the Second Amendment was created so that common citizens could have weapons of war to protect against an overzealous government and to protect one's own sovereignty from enemies, domestic and foreign. So... Uh, end of argument and it won't pass and it's stupid guys have a glorious day we'll be back for a big old tgif tomorrow god bless you and your family and uh, and uh, until tomorrow whatever you do don't catch the stupid i'll see you then